Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. Well, that's great. So welcome, everyone, to Brandology Studio and the Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. In the studio today is my co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you? I'm excellent today, David. I'm excellent. Yep. Is that a, is that a choice today? <laughs> yes. Excellence is a choice. Uh, it's not always a result of circumstance, so uh, it's easier to make that choice and stick with it all day. That's always good to hear. Mark, you're always one of the most positive uh, people I uh, know and get to work with, so it's always exciting to uh, be here and to be able to uh, share experiences with people and learn from people. Today, we have uh, someone I've been wanting to speak with for quite some time. Uh, Ava Wetrick. Ava, welcome to the studio. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, it's, I, I, love, I love interviews. I do. I love being interviewed and I love interviewing people. So I'm really happy to speak with you guys today. And I love the backgrounds and I love that I'm talking to some uh, Hoosiers. Yeah, that's great. Well, excellent. So just tell a little, let's start from the very top. How's that? Just tell us who you are, what you're currently doing, um, not just at school, but also some of your other avocations, because you've accomplished more in the last few years than obviously Mark and I have than in I the last 30. Yet. So <laughs> w- catch us up and inform the viewers and the listeners. Oh, I don't feel that way at all. But um, <laughs> so my name is Ava Wetrick. Mm-hmm. I go to Ball State University. I'm currently a sophomore. I'm probably going to be graduating a year early. So this is my Great. so probably next year. junior year then, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to learn accounting. It's a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, besides being a college student, I run a podcast called Mentors uh, with a Z at the end. And I talk to top entrepreneurs and authors from around the world. I enjoy interviewing them. And that's for the sake of uh, other young people because real like the quote unquote real world is terrifying you know there's a lot of ambiguity and there's a lot of mystery that goes into stepping outside of high school or college and entering right and so i want to give these i want to like i want to give these people and myself this ease by listening to other people that have had a lot of success and they said yes i have been there and i've done that but here's how i got there um and that's what i enjoy most about um interviewing people that's what i enjoy most about their stories is how they got from a to b it's almost like you have to walk through a dark room and you get to speak to somebody in the dark, but they've already made it through. And and they're able to kind of just guide you through it and just say, just after you take a few steps, make a left. Don't make a right, because I kept making rights and I kept hitting my face on the wall. So just watch out for that pole that's sticking out, that type of thing. Because when you when you say the real world is so scary and, and um, I, I really, I don't find that it is, but I always find that um, I always thought that it was when I was in school. Yeah, especially when you're that young, because like when it comes to the idea of like creativity and when it comes to the idea of like thinking in or outside of the box, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, young person, think outside the box. And there's literally everything outside of the box. So what do you want from that little part of everything? And yeah, and like, you know, you get paralyzed and you're scared and you're like, well, I don't know, everything's out there. And yes, there's opportunity everywhere for the taking, but this is so many choices that I'm afraid and I don't know what to do. So listening to people that said, hey, 
I'm not going to tell you where to go exactly, but I made these choices. I stepped in these right. directions so that you can take better steps in your direction is helpful. And I love the analogy of, of, of it being in the dark because it does feel like it's in the dark. Um, but I'm going to bet I'll look back in my 30s and look at my 20s and be like, oh, she was trying so hard, but at least she found where she was going. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's in and and there's uh, several things that we want to talk to you about. You've mm-hmm. you've met some of the people that we um, read about and we follow as professionals. People like Seth Godin. Um, you've interviewed Halataha, uh, who's a remarkable branding uh, entity. She's a living legend, and she's so young and so uh, just so much drive. And uh, we we spoke with her as well. Um, and then there's some things about like uh, culture that you had wanted to talk about. We want to get to all of that. Um, yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about, I know Mark's got a question for you, but you said you have a podcast and it's, it's Mentor Z. Is mm-hmm. that generational? Does that Z mean generational? Is that Absolutely. symbolic? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. For Generation just, Z. I, I always wanted to ask and I just didn't ask you on LinkedIn. I should have just asked you on LinkedIn. <laughs> But I'm glad I just found that out. So that's awesome. It's a fantastic podcast. I listen to it. You're far better at it than we are. But oh, yeah. we've got jobs, oh, Ava. We've got jobs. We've got bills to pay, kid. It, Let me tell you, little girl, we have jobs to do. And no, you know, I'm kidding. And yeah. I don't mean that at all. So um, tell us a little bit about your podcast, first of all, and how it uh, how it came to be. Yeah, so, you know, it was funny. It was, well, I think I was 16 and I was driving in the car with my dad, seven hour car drive to one of his speaking gigs. Oh, wow. That I'd be kicking me up on stage impromptu and I'd have to speak. But so we're driving along this long country road and he's talking to me about something and something's on the radio, something that like a celebrity said. I want to say like Kanye was being annoying. And I just, <laughs> I get really frustrated and I turn down the radio and I said, Dad, like, why do people care about this? Why? And then I got more specific and I said, why do young people specifically care about this? Because dad, I've been raised with my household names being Simon Sinek, Seth Godin, Tim <laughs> Ferriss, Tom Bilyeu, like, and all these other fantastic CEOs or, or thought leaders, um, like Jocko Willick as well. And I was like, dad, why don't young people know about these people? Because these people are in it to help them. Because a lot of these other celebrities, not to say that they're bad people, but it's a lot more shallow. It's a lot more shallow. It's like, oh, you like what I have? Well, you should buy my merch. Instead right. of saying, oh, you like That's what so I provide cool. to the world? Take my advice and become better. So right. just with hearing all of that, my consuming dad is kind of- versus, Consuming versus helping others, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So instead of having all this consumption, you know, these other people want to give back. And I said, dad, like- this is this is frustrating and it's kind of pissing me off and he goes okay well what do you want to do about it and i said well i'll do what you did and i'll start a podcast um and then hey everyone mark and i are really excited about an upcoming episode you will not want to miss the legendary leaders of the wrigley media group yep those wrigley's David Bertram and David Cottingham join us in a discussion of their legendary Wrigley brand, which dates back to the 1800s. They are truly a poster child for the longevity of a strong and powerful positive brand. They explain how the leadership team of Wrigley Media Group now includes an Emmy award-winning producer, an Emmy-nominated writer, a former film animator, with credits like Spider-Man 3 and the Lord of the Rings trilogy, a producer who's worked with DreamWorks, Walt Disney Pictures, and HGTV's Fixer Upper. Their group has set its vision on growth and bringing Hollywood to the Midwest, namely Lexington, Kentucky. They're surely soon to be a challenger against big names like Turner Broadcasting and Warner Brothers. David and David explain the group is in its 20th year overall, and at its helm is Miss D. Wrigley Miller. She's the granddaughter of Philip Wrigley, the longtime owner of the Chicago Cubs and the former CEO of the Wrigley Corporation, owner of Wrigley Field and Wrigley Golf. Come listen. And they are so engaging. The credits that this group has include hit primetime productions on Travel Channel, DIY Network, HGTV and Food Network. Their team has worked on hit shows, including Man vs. Food, Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations, Expedition Unknown and more when we evaluate the epic brand Wrigley Media Group.
and I'm not going to lie, I didn't immediately start a podcast. I think a lot of people skip out on the story. It was months until I started the podcast. I pondered it. I considered it. I was afraid of it. But after a couple months, I finally worked up to the nerve to do my first interview. And I that's will never great. release it because it was so bad. And that's okay because <laughs> someone took a chance on me. They were wonderful too for doing that. I'll never, I will, I will thank them forever. But, you know, I kept doing it and pushed through the pain, pushed through the pain and got continuously better. Um, and now we are where we are. That's excellent. Now, and that was, that was going to be my question is, um, knowing that you've, you got started and how you got started in this, um, would you say your dad would be one of your mentors? Is he what got you in the direction? I mean, that story obviously alludes to it, but I'm sure there's more behind it than that. God, yes. I, I love my parents so much. Both of my, now, now they are. So uh, in the, this is, this is kind of like a funny thing I've been seeing as I've grown up, right? I was a young girl, like eight or nine, and mom and dad were the best thing ever. And they're still the best thing ever for me. But now that I'm 18 or 19, I've actually gotten to see them grow with me. I've gotten to see my parents become different people and for the better. So my mom is a nurse practitioner in OBGYN and my dad is, was a teacher. And now my mom runs her own clinic within the hospital that she works for and my dad runs his own nonprofit. And I've gotten to see them both flourish and it, like as, a, as their firstborn daughter, you get so much from that and I love it. And so my mom taught me a lot about, you know, that gracefulness and she taught me a lot about patience and she teaches me a lot about worth ethic and so does my dad. My dad taught, like teaches me a lot about speaking and what confidence is or, well, he doesn't have to teach me about confidence. <laughs> my parents gave probably, me an ego. Yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't, you know, I think you're off the scale on the, on the E part of the MBTI, on the, on the, on the, uh, a, a little more extrovert so like. side, which is it good. Was, it was bad. It scared my parents. I and it scared my, it scared my friends because we would be walking your to McDonald's. Too? Yeah, we'd be walking That's to great. McDonald's, and there was this one time where there was this homeless person passing us while yeah. we were walking, and my friends, because we were like in our middle school, and they sure. kind of curled up and they're like, "Don't look at that person. Like, we don't want to talk to them." And the first thing I did was like, "Hi, sir. How are you? Like, right. how's life? What is life for you?" And they were just like, "Ava, like, we can't talk to strangers <laughs> like this." And I would just want to meet everyone and just never met a stranger yeah no no i don't think i have met a stranger but yeah my dad is a huge mentor in my life and i and it's kind of bad he he's exactly like me or i'm exactly like him and right. it's funny because if we get into like a little not even a fight but if we get into a conversation and i'm mm -hmm. frustrated with him he'll be like ava you know that i'm right i know exactly what you're thinking in the process in which you're thinking it so don't test me and I was like, you don't, you're like that whole teenager, you don't know me. Yeah. And then he'll go down my line of thought process to a T and say, and that's why your idea is dumb. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. My idea is dumb. Uh, like he, he gets me, he gets me so well. And I, and I love it. I love it so much. It's like, the, the parental verbal sparring match is what my daughter and I call that. So, <laughs> yeah, I understand completely. Yeah. You can, you can and fight when you're, when you're young, especially when yeah. the parents telling you not to do something. That's actually how I got into reading. I read a lot when I was younger, but I didn't want to read informational books. Right. And my dad kicked and fought me to read one chap, no, a couple pages of Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Oh, and great book. Yeah, great yeah, yeah. Book. And he forced me to read this chapter or else I'd get like ground or something. And I read the couple pages, love it. And he says, well, hey, Abe, how'd you think about it? And I was like, well, I hated it. Like, this is so hmm. dumb. But then I took the book in secret and the rest <laughs> is history. Like, <laughs> I just didn't As every child meant. does. Like, yeah, oh, was... it's, it's the parents' idea. It must be bad. And then in secret, they're like, man, this is like the coolest thing. It what? is. It is. I did that at like, I think I was like 14. 14 That's or 15 great. when that happened. But I, I've learned better than growing that, up, I guess. Growing up with all those just remarkable influences and people that your dad had access to and people that that you heard those thoughts and ideas growing up um have you had a chance to to meet some of those people or to thank them for some of the tell me about that i know there's stories there that's <laughs> that's what i'm getting at yeah yeah well you know one that sticks out immediately um because it was probably one of the more recent interactions is stephen kotler and Stephen Kotler is a master of the idea of flow, has written several books with Peter, Peter Diamandis. I've not gotten to meet Peter, though. I'd, I'd love to. But regardless, Peter, um, but regardless, Stephen Kotler became kind of a family friend. 
and um and i got to ask like i idolize him and i got to ask him a few questions while he was on a phone call with my dad about some more neuroscience books i could read and he's like oh sure ava like i'll give you the rundown of what i think some like beginners should read and he would just listen them off for me and i was just so enamored with just being able to speak to him another huge influence in my life is jt mccormick what a wonderful man um we call yeah. um I call him Uncle JT. And usually, <laughs> oh, that's great. And usually when I pick up the phone or if I call him, the first thing he'll say is, my niece Ava, how are you? And so like, oh, wow. he's like, so he's like basically part of the family now. And um, so like I've gotten, and, and, there's a, and there's a dozen more stories, right? There's a dozen more impactful people um, that I've gotten to befriend or be really close to just because of, just because of my mom and my dad. And that influence is, fantastic because these older people these really experienced people can look at you and say hey kid you're going in the right direction and that's all the pra like that's all the praise i need because i don't even know what direction i'm going into right. i'm in a dark room and i know if it's the right one i'll keep going there so like it's right. been a massive influence like i've loved it and again like your standard is higher so instead of me thinking oh i should go do this stupid action i i begin to think well what would halataha think what would Tima Alaj right. think? Well, like, because Tima is like my LinkedIn mother. I love her. I was like, well, what would Tima think if I did this? What would Uncle, like, what would JT McCormick think if I if I acted this way? Well, I can't mm -hmm. now because I don't want to disappoint these people. Um, and that honestly sets me, that, that honestly makes me happy. Like, having those kind of standards and saying, well, I don't want to disappoint my mentors. Absolutely. Or I'll be better. Yeah, yeah. What, what kind of advice maybe could you give? Um, some of our younger listeners. We've got a lot of uh, young entrepreneurs, um, people working towards leadership and developing those skills. And David and I are under the, the shared belief that you really, you need some type of mentor, some type of drive, you need your work. Um, and maybe I think, what advice would you give some of the younger generation, some of your generation uh, in regards to mentorship or to developing your why? Yeah, every, and I think JT told me this, like every good leader will want to help a younger person. Like Absolutely. that's standard, that's standard. Like if you, if you meet someone that's fantastic and you look up to and you want to learn from them and then they say no to you, it's not going to be worth it. So like, you know, find who you want to be, find who you want to be like and seek that person out. Mind you, don't seek out Michael Jordan unless yeah. you're like that dedicated, but seek out the best basketball player in your area. Seek out the understudy within, of your theater. Within reason, right? Like, yeah, we, we, we have some practicality around it. Like, yeah. I really love computers, so I want to meet Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. Well, <laughs> Steve's passed, and Bill's not picking up your phone. Yeah, right? but, then, so, but then talk to the COO of Apple, or try exactly. to. Exactly. Talk to, you know, talk to, like, other, try to find other Apple executives within the C-suite that are underappreciated but would love to talk to you. Absolutely. If you want to, if you love shoes... Try to work at Nike. Um, right. know, start knowing people who work at Nike in like the marketing department or the fat or the manufacturing department or the design department. Um, like seriously, the world is at all of our fingertips, and it is scary to reach out. I'm not gonna lie, mm -hmm. it is scary to start, but after you start, it just becomes easier because you're already in it and you're already dedicated, and the standard of, that you set for yourself is now above the bar of, you know, starting. So when you're past starting, you're like, okay, well, I'm already here. All I can do is do this. I can't go back here because I'm not going to allow myself to. That's just kind of human nature. But yeah, like just just get started. Get on LinkedIn. Find some really cool people. Find some people that you admire. Some people that you thought you wouldn't like admire in the first place, and talk to them. Especially if you're young, They're, they'll they'll be more than happy to 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 reach out and to talk to you back. That's really good advice. No, I appreciate you sharing that. When you kind of look back. Um, is there any like one event that stands out that was maybe inspirational or changed your course? Any any one event that you could point to, or maybe you have multiple events. It, like in like professionally or in my life uh, or professionally, no, or personally. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the most immediate ones is when I moved away. So, I lived in Greenwood, Indiana, and I'll still remember That's that. That's Really? Yeah. yeah. Did you, where did you Where did you go to school? Center Grove. Oh, okay. That's right where I live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So went there all my life, and I had some fantastic memories there. I remember stealing tomatoes from my neighbor's backyard and chucking them at other kids. I remember playing <laughs> night tag 
and we play this game we called are murder. Not, disclaimer, we are not promoting <laughs> violent behavior on the show. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Only tomato <laughs> throwing. It's, it's, it's fine. In Greenwood, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's, yeah, it's the south side. You can do what you want there. <laughs> but, like, but, you know, I, I remember, you know, playing all of these tag games, and I remember playing street soccer and getting mm -hmm. my knees busted up from, all, from falling <laughs> on the gravel. Um, and I remember when my dad was younger and had better knees, and he would chase us and throw this dodgeball like he didn't even <laughs> think that we were kids. And it, would, and it would slam us right in the middle of the back, and we'd fall over into the grass. It was fantastic. And... And so again, there's a lot of beautiful memories there, and we created a whole little tribe of um, of kids that would come out every day and play with right. us. But then I was 15; it was time, and it was time to go away. Uh, and that was and that was painful because you know change needs to happen, but it's going to be it's going to hurt. It doesn't so, make it any yeah more comfortable. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, I'm leaving all my friends behind. I'm moving away, and it was a sense that your childhood was dying too. I was like, when I leave. The, the court is what we call it. Like the court's starting to fall apart because we're getting older. We're entering high school. It's going to continue to do that. And I was sad. And mm -hmm. I remember being downstairs in my basement, crying my eyes out because the next day we were, you know, the moving truck was going to be taking us out. And um, my dad on the third floor heard me all the way from the basement, came downstairs, got me out of my room and we sat on the front porch together. And that in, in, and we just, and we just talked. And we just talked and it was a cool, it was, it was a summer night and it was cool breeze and the cicadas were chirping and he was comforting me about, Hey, like this is going to hurt, but aren't you ready for it? And I had to agree with them. And then I just, then, and then I ended up talking about how excited I was for this ambiguous change that I was going to undergo and what that could mean. Right. Uh, and I'm so happy that I did that because it was such a, like, it was such a fantastic like bonding moment with me and my dad. And then when I got to Noblesville, turns out I was I was right to be excited. I got to meet so many more people, got to go to a new school, and I have some fantastic neighbors. Like literally sometimes 19 kids, like 10 and wow. under kids come to my come to all of our backyards and play. So That's I get great. to spend time with like 8-year-olds and it's like I love it because they just want to run around and eat dirt, and I say, "Fantastic! <laughs> let's go play in the creek and eat dirt." Yeah, that's a great message. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So I think that's one of the most standout moments um, for me personally. Just so, my dad. Yeah. So let me ask you this: you, you've, you've, you talk about some of these experiences, and and it seems like through your dad, and through some of the people that you've interviewed, um, and some of the people that you've met, like Seth, and. Um, um, so I want to ask you about that in just a second, but let's talk about culture. Like what, what, you know, your generation has a kind of a hustle 24 seven grind all the time, kind of upbeat culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, can you explain like, what are the pros and cons of that? I mean, we grew up, Mark and I are, oh. you know, not much older at all. And when we grew up, no, I mean, obviously, when, when, when we grew up, it was really emphasized, you know, to work hard. Like work ethic was cool. It was expected, right? Um, it wasn't cool to kind of be a slacker or to, to you know, not show up to things. And, um, uh, but there's a lot of it seems to me, looking at your generation, it seems to me that you guys are are seeking balance. And so, can yeah. you can you can you illustrate that or explain you know, what your view is on that? In in a way, in a way, because like this whole idea of work life balance has definitely always been a conversation, especially in the entrepreneurial community or the LinkedIn community. So it's this idea of well, is there, is, is it, is work a part of life? So it's all life or is it all work or, you know, should we spend time and separate and put things into boxes? And when you see our, like the younger generation, especially when it comes to a subculture called hustle culture, um, cause again, Gen Z is already one of the most entrepreneurial, you know, group of people that we've been seeing because we have access to the internet and opportunities are everywhere. But at the same time, like you can't overwork. And, you know, there is some balance there. Like, you know, we have this idea of self-care, but mm -hmm. especially especially when it comes to younger people, self-care is a big thing that a lot of people want to do. And, they, and, that, and that's great because you need to take time for yourself and time for your loved ones. But this idea of this 24-7 grind or this hustle culture or like hustle porn and they're like, oh, well, I want to be working all of the time. But if I'm not working, then it's not 
And if I'm not being productive, then it's not worth it. And I've seen, I've been seeing this, especially with a lot of like, like dude bros. That's what I think they are. These, yeah. these, yeah. these like kind of like hotshot kids and that's fine. Like you can be a hotshot, but the more that I've been seeing it, the more that it's been frustrating me because there is a debt that you're going to pay eventually. Right. There is a debt. Yes. And if you're working all the time and if it's 24-7 for you, one of the first things you're going to start doing is if you're working all the time, you're going to kind of cut your relationships. You'll mm -hmm. put it underneath the guise of, oh, well, they just don't understand my hustle. They don't understand how hard I'm working or they don't support me. No, no, no. They do support you. They care about you. They're your friends or your family. They're close to you and they love you. But because you are quite literally a workaholic, mm -hmm. you, are, you, are, you are destroying the, those relationships in your life. You are making these people hurt because you're not paying attention to them or loving them, yeah. right? So if I had it like metaphorically, if I had a boyfriend and I gave him no time of the day for four weeks, he's probably going to break up with me. And if I put it under the guise of, oh, he just doesn't, doesn't understand that I work hard. No, it's yeah. my fault because I damaged that relationship, right? right. And, I, and I see it all the time with, with younger people, especially, you know, in the entrepreneurial community. And it's like, guys you need to slow down like if you don't take these if you don't take the time for the people that you love in your life they're going to leave you and it's going to be your fault and you have to mend those relationships and that could take years right so that's like a huge thing i've been focusing on recently is just making sure that i take time for other people in my life so that i don't fall into the trap of workaholism and the whole fact that it's glorified in the u.s is yeah. is, is something that needs to be addressed like we all well, hear this stereotype. and eastern cultures too like yeah, India, yeah, yeah. India, um, uh, Asia, like, you know, workaholism is, you know, they work until 10 o'clock at night and then they go drinking and they don't get home until, you know, 10, you know, 11, 12, 1, and then they get up and they do it again. Yeah. And, you right. know, like, and we all know this, we all know the stereotype of the, the dad who doesn't, who just didn't come home because he was working so hard, you know, it like. Stephen Tobolowsky is a man I look up to and one of the things he said in a podcast he does is he was talking about his dad and he was saying like I love my dad and my dad loved my family but his greatest strength was his greatest weakness he worked hard for my family but he was never with my family right so it's yeah. like and, and it's, it's the whole cat in the cradle thing like why That's perpetuate exactly that? what it is yeah, yeah why why keep that going you know like you can work hard and you can feel good about it just know when to know when to be done, right? I think a lot of it's an ego thing because I know it exists. If I don't work for three days straight, I will not like myself. If I stop working for a week just to take time to be on vacation, I'll get very anxious and I'll get scared and mm -hmm. I'll not like myself for some reason. I'll be like, wow, why is this? Oh, it's because I'm not being productive. Why am I tying my self-worth to my productivity? And that's a whole, you know, whole rabbit hole that yeah, you're has to really go down. making me uncomfortable on this. <laughs> you're really yeah. hitting home. I'm getting more wisdom from. Yeah, this is really good. Yeah, this is, this is really good, and it's it really hits home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, for everyone, you know, for everyone to some degree. Yeah. And I've just been noticing. So it how do you? So it. what's the recommendation? Well, and the people that you're interviewing and the things you're reading, what are your? How do people balance that? Right. Honestly, that's something that I'm trying to figure out. I'm not gonna because lie. it's hard yeah, it's because <laughs> because if you stop, I mean, if it, you know, think of Anne Rand's Atlas Shrugged, right? Like, if you just stop, the bills don't get paid. Mm -hmm. Like, it's great that everybody's at home and they're missing you, and you're not being a good parent by working, right? And, and single mothers and working mothers, working wives have that guilt, right? But if they don't do it then everything changes. And so how do you, how do you balance that? Right. And, and or how do you cope with that, with that work-life balance? I think that's the mystery, right? You know, I think, I think just on like an ego perspective, like if you work all of the time because you are a workaholic, because you feel bad, if you don't, you need to go through some internal contemplation. You need to mm -hmm. think about why you feel the way that you do. And this is, and this is on me. Like I, I've been doing this for like the past week. It's like, Ava, why do you hate yourself if you don't work today? Why do you feel like you're less of like, you know, you're less in, in some way because you didn't, you weren't productive today. And that's, you know, and that's just a lot of contemplation and you have to face your ego and you have to face, you know, 
you know, why do I feel the way that I feel? And if you can map that out logistically, you'll come down to some really interesting points about yourself. But when it comes to like legitimate money, balance, work, I don't know yet. I, I honest to God don't know yet. Um, I'll think I'll figure that out when I get into my mid 20s and I'm and in an apartment and I'm trying to survive off of ramen. I still am, but like, <laughs> give it a couple years. I might have an answer. I was going to say that, that that goes on for quite some time. I can tell you that from experience. That's yeah, and then it goes away and then, you and know, sometimes it comes then there's back. a divorce and it comes right back. So. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. So, okay, so, so tell us about when you met Seth Godin. <laughs> is that okay? Um, and the reason I'm asking is because I've seen it all over uh, social media. And, and I was like, how in the world did she do that? <laughs> like, who is she? What is going on? Get her on the podcast. I want to ask her. Yeah, well, you know, I... Because he's notorious a- for being kind of shy and he's he doesn't seek a lot of publicity and you know he's yeah he is and he's a very he's and he's a very he's a great man it was kind of funny i think i think during that comp that meeting some kid asked to because they were right we were all taking notes right and some kid said hey can you say that again like can you repeat that you know Mm. and seth just said no (laughs) <laughs> they were just, and, then, and then these kids were like, he's the master. Like, this is fantastic, right? But either way, my dad has a, and, and, I, and I love my dad and I'll promote him to the day I die, but my dad is, uh, he runs his own nonprofit. He has a cohort for the Started Up Foundation. So essentially the Started Up Foundation holds a big, comp- big, a big pitch competition that's called uh, Indie Innovate Within. And if you are in the top tier of winners you get to go to a location and get to meet some fantastic people this was the first year all of the students that won or not won all the students that were in the top tier including my dad's family aka me because i wanted to tag along (laughs) got to go to that year to new york um and meet a bunch of people there and one of them being seth godin it was kind of a highlight of the evening and the coolest part was is that most of the kids that won that year were my dad's class because my dad was obviously the biggest promoter of his own, you know, of, yeah, of his own right. competition. So, so mostly Noblesville students knew, um, but now it's a lot bigger and a lot more students apply. It's fantastic. But so a lot of kids already knew who Seth Godin was. So we were all bugged out, so excited. And this other company hosted us to come like, and we got to speak with them and it was like a venture capital firm, but then Seth got to enter in too, and he was speaking with us. Um, and so they, the, the company, they, they provided like a ton of food, they provided sandwiches and everyone on, in this big conference table sits near the food, right? So like, you know, this whole area by the desserts and everything. And I look at the very, I look to the, to the end of the table and I see this big, beautiful sky. And I said, you know what, if I bet anything, Seth is going to sit there. So I want to sit here and, Mm. and you know, God is my witness. He walks in. I kind of nervously just kind of, you know, sit there so scared out of my mind because he's my, he's like an idol to me, walks by and sits down right where I thought he was going to <laughs> And I couldn't breathe. And I looked at my dad and my dad looked at me because he was sitting somewhere else. I was like, oh my, Seth, go to sitting next to me. And I don't know how to act, dad. And he was like, you're, you're fine. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> couldn't breathe for the first 10 minutes. Was just trying to, you know, figure it out. But then the flow of conversation was natural. He wanted to hear, he was, he was more of a listener than he was um, lecturing us, you know. As so most like, leaders are. Yep. Yes, right? So he, so he was just listening to us and he was hearing about our projects and our ideas. And, um, I, and so in my, in the, we had a photographer there too that was a part of my dad's staff at the time and he was taking pictures and I mean, I was right next to Seth. So a lot of pictures with Seth were with, you know, had me in it too. Um, and he went around the table. We had, all had good conversations with him. And he kind of sort of the, and he, and he lovingly started to tell us what was wrong with all of our products or projects or ideas or services. Um, but after he left, because he had to leave rather quickly, the, the kids were like, we're like, Don, can we say that we got consulted by Seth Godin? And he was like, oh yeah, you can. So yeah, so we just got to, we got to meet with him. We got to ask him a bunch of questions and got to talk with him. And then Forbes picked up my dad, my whole dad, my dad's whole story about that trip. And the first picture just so happened to be uh, me with him. That's excellent. That's excellent. Great guy. I'd love to interview him someday. My friends interview him, but 
I wanted to take a lot of time to do it. I want to like learn really re research it ahead of time, everything, right? Absolutely. That's great. So if we can, let's take a segue and uh, do a little brand culture trivia. So this is uh, a, uh, a game in which there's a lot at stake, Ava. I mean, it could really get you set for life. It could take <laughs> your podcast to the next level. It could, it could take Ball State to the next level. Uh, at, the, the, the stakes here are for 16,864 Brandology Bucks. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to play the intro for you, get you in the mood, let you understand the ground rules, and then you are going to compete against Mark. No, no. Okay? I <laughs> want you to be excited about it. So hang on. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What that is, is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. But we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. Yeah, I, I, I truly do apologize for subjecting you to this, especially because you have a much better podcast and much more <laughs> professional than these grown men in front of you. No, no, no. That's what makes it, that's, this makes it fun. I'm not oh, this God. fun. When this, I, I just, this, is the, this is what happens when you deal with people's data breaches and people are screaming at you all day IT breaks down and all that and you need you need to, to to focus on what good brands are so here's the, we're going to start with question one question one guess as many answers as you want and guess as fast as you can you are playing against mark um i'm going to say company slogan you're just going to shout out the brand or product name if you do first one to guess it gets a point. First one to three points wins the game okay perfect all right so for example just do it nike Right? Got milk, California milk processor board or dairy industry, right? Okay. So let me find a good one. And I want to be fair. I want to make sure that I don't give one that is, you know, too difficult for Mark because Mark has never won. Thank you for the consideration. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's okay. I'm also terrible with, with brands. I stay under a rock. We'll be, we'll be equals. Don't worry. Okay. The good. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's one that stumped some creative directors and some brand professionals. So I'm going to throw this one at you. Oh, great. Just to so make sure. Because see, I have a collection. If you look at my virtual studio here in Indianapolis, right here, you see my folders right here? Yeah, right Beautiful. there. See that? See that green folder right there? That one right there? Mm. That holds all of the questions that nobody has answered correctly. That's my green I would folder. Love to, I'd love to give them a shot. Okay. So, like, you know, I have that folder. So, okay. So, here's the uh, slogan. Guess the brand. Belong anywhere. Do, do. Belong, Belong anywhere. Belong anywhere. And, Ava, you're a student there's Disney. no like Googling or like Disney. touching things with your toes, like looking Disney. stuff up. Can voice we, activate we, this? There are rules here. Disney. Belong. Good Belong guess, anywhere. but no. Is it Pixar? Is it DreamWorks? Great guess, but same... no. Belong anywhere. Um, it's not, a, it's not a GPS system. It's probably a creative company. Um, it's not. I would, I would want to say that it's Pixar. Um, belong anywhere. I think. Is there a hint, or is it an industry? It is a. It is a. It's a newer industry, um, and it's about. It's related to travel, maybe vacations. Oh, Airbnb. Yes. 
Oh. Yeah. Belong anywhere. Yeah, That's I was a very good tagline. Like, good job, Ava. Yeah, I was like, I was like, wait a minute, because uh, yeah, I've heard that before. They Fantastic. Don't really that slogan, but yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so it is one nothing. Good job, Ava. So it's, <laughs> uh, here's the next one. Question number two: Live in your world, play in ours. Lego. Disney. Nope. Good guesses, but nope. Live in your world, play in ours. Xbox, PlayStation? Yes, PlayStation. Okay. Got it. Nintendo. Nintendo, (laughs) PlayStation. After she already got it. So, okay. The score is two to nothing. This is the part of brand culture trivia in which I remind Mark of some very obvious math. Mark, if you had 10,000 times as many points as you had, she'd still be beating you. <laughs> so I want you to really focus on this. All I right, want you I'm to ready. focus on this because I think you can do this, Mark. I think All you right. can catch up. I bet you won't know this one. Shave time, shave money. Gillette. Nope. Um, what's the Shave time. Shave money. Barbasol? What are we, 90? Nobody. I'm not in a barber. I'm in the bathroom. Yes. You shave would. time, shave money? Shave time, shave money. Jo- no, it's not joy. It's a great, great marketing ad on YouTube, and you can't look it up. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of all the YouTube ads I've seen recently. Yeah, I'm drinking out of my Brandology mug. Oh, fantastic. Do that? Oh. Um... Uh, shave time. Shave. shave time. Shave money. Progressive. No. Nope. I'm gonna watch. It's a watch. No. Shave time. Shave money. Shave, do you time. not think it's a shaving thing? What? You can do it. I'm. Gillette. I'm trying to coach Mark. Gillette. Uh, yeah, I said Gillette. But she was, already said that. Gillette. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna hold that one. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna put that no, over no, no, here. Wait, it's, it, no, no, wait. It's the um. It's that. I think she's it, got it. It's that, I I it's think the, the game's one. over, Mark. I think she's got it. No, it's the um. I think she it's knows. It's not the. It's not the. It's not the. It's not the. It's not the hairy one, right? I it's, think you it's know. not. I think it's the same company that did One Wipe Charlie's. I want yes. to say that. You're so close. Right. Yes, Gillette. you're right. Let. Who did One Wipe? Who did? No, it's um, I see their ads all the time. It's men's shaving products. Yes, and they're and it's specifically added to make men feel manlier because hygiene is fantastic. What is? What's what the brand? Is it? It's. When I, I'm going to tell you the <laughs> is answer. Is it Harry's? I'm not going to. Nope. Harry's. Harry's is a great product line and a good brand that's available at like Target. This is Dollar Shave Club. Dollar. Yeah. Yes, and you I, were I'm right, because they're the ones that do the one-wipe Charlies. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, I see their stuff all the time. Well, you did. You I, you know, the nice guy in me wants to give it to you. But that would win, give you the game. And I our accounting team and our accounting team over there Mark. is really cheap. So right. those, those Brandology bucks are sacred to us. So we're going to hold on to that. I'm going to put that, that over is, in my green folder right oh, there. Good 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 and we're going to keep yeah. going. But that, is a, that was, you did know it. You just couldn't guess the name. Pretty sure. Yeah, it's in the so we all know that you won, but we're we're gonna give Mark another shot. Pretty sure it was Gillette. No, it wasn't Gillette. Oh, I thought too. I thought it was Gillette. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> this is a tough one. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna like give you guys a really hard one because I want to stump you guys. I want to stump you. It's Friday afternoon. We all got things to do. I mean, it's a beautiful day here in apparently. Where am I? New York. It looks like I'm in a <laughs> looks like I'm in a forty thousand dollar a month studio in New York, um, and uh, we both know I'm not. We all know I'm not. Um, let's see. All for freedom, freedom for all. Oh, yeah. America Credit Union. That's a great guess. Capital One. I I, I promise you, I don't think you guys are going to get this. And when I tell you the name of the brand, it's a huge brand. And yet you're going to be like, how do we not know what their tagline is? Freedom. Okay, so travel. Delta. That's, yeah, so that's just a, 
I mean, you can go like, what? yeah, there's Delta, there's American Airlines, there's... Um, Just keep naming. I mean, there's no penalty for, for well, guessing Well, like, what's wrong. the freest? Delta. Is it... It's not a skydiving company because it's a big company. It's not the wingsuits. No, that's a great guess. Yeah. That is it's a good guess. But no, no. When I tell you guys, you, you know guys, what? you'll be is sure. It, is it... Is it motorcycles? Maybe. Because the Harley <laughs> Davidson place. Yes, she close. got it. Yeah, it's the, there's a Harley there's a Harley Davidson place in Muncie. Can you believe? And I think that's their logo. <laughs> I can't believe you guessed that. Nobody has guessed that, including people that ride them. Including well, like, people, Ava, we've had people on here that have it tattooed on their body and they <laughs> didn't get the tagline. Yep. Well, I just started thinking about like things that are freeing, like yes, flying or. Exactly. But then, like, like then the, I started thinking biking, but exactly. biking isn't that cool. So it was like, you know, what's right. cooler than biking? Motorcycles. Right. I was also going to go with like sports car companies. I'm going to I'm gonna edit out the part where you said biking isn't that cool. <laughs> biking I is cool. To, I enjoy I, it a lot. I bike all the time. I cycle all the time. But I don't but, think you feel as free as you do on a motorcycle. Yes, no, I would be a lot cooler if I rode a, yes. if I rode a Harley. I think yeah. that's the general consensus. But, hey, congratulations, Ava Wetrick. You are the winner of 16,864 Brandology Bucks. Wow. Grazie, merci. Thank yeah. you. That is great. I mean, we've got convertible Jaguars. We've got a Rolls Royce. We've got Rolexes. There's all that stuff on our e-commerce site. None of those brandology. You can't buy any of it with them. <laughs> you can't buy anything with it. But I got I got some friends that have all that, and I I couldn't even I couldn't even look. Yeah, at you it. wouldn't you wouldn't mind. <laughs> you, you, you don't want that. I've I've got a bunch of friends, and I've had that stuff, and you don't want that. So the point is is let's get back to talking about culture and life balance and things like that. Um, you interviewed uh, Halataha, mm -hmm. and what was your takeaway after interviewing her? Yeah, well, I have two articles on that. I'm, I love actually. I've been really, I've been writing a lot of articles recently after every yeah. podcast. So I'll produce the podcast, split into two halves, and um, I won't turn those two halves into podcast into articles. But I'll take like two, one or two of the biggest themes of that of that episode and yeah. turn them into articles, handwritten all of it. Right. Uh, the biggest lessons I learned from her. Isn't she, it fun to write, though? Isn't it fun? Like, my favorite part of these interviews, like, I'll, I've got to tell you, my favorite part, and what Mark says is he goes, I can't wait to read what we're going to say about them. Like, <laughs> because the, the best part is when we post the podcast is how we describe it. And, it's, and, and then yeah. from there, that turns into articles on some of the subject matter. I just love Absolutely. it. So, like, to, to hear you say that you write these, you can turn these interviews into into articles is just it i completely relate That's yeah great. yeah you know i but you know i just ended so i just wrote um two on her last week and because mm -hmm. i released it um this week and i think some of the biggest takeaways i had was just the amount of joy that i had mm -hmm. because several times if you listen during the during the episode she was just really uh enthralled or or she was really uh not curious but she was like kind of taken aback because I knew so much about her, right? Mm -hmm. Like I dive into hours and hours of research for my guests. I went to like, I think I told her I went to the ninth page of Google for her, found out a ton about her life and a lot, and a lot about some other halatahas that exist. And, um, I just started, you know, pulling up facts and pulling up life stories that she had already expressed other places. And she was like, wow, uh, you really remind me of myself, Eva, you know, you're going to do well. And I, and I love that. And she meant that in terms of podcasting. She was like, she's like, right. I, cause she's telling me how much research she does and how in depth she wants to go. And, um, and I related to her when she was talking about, really I know does. so much about I mean, my guests. She does so much research. Absolutely. And she's in, in on the subject and on the person. Mm -hmm. And she'd be like, Ava, I do so much research that usually I'll know what their follow-up question is going to be. And yeah. I kind of chuckled when she said that, I had to chuckle, but I kind of laughed when she said that because that's I've been able to do that a couple mm -hmm. times, not all the time, but a couple times. And Absolutely. I was like, wow, the fact that she said that I remind her of herself in terms of podcasting was just really set my heart on fire. Um, and then I got done with the interview because I was asking like, hey, you know, you are wonderful at marketing. 
Um, and I can market myself semi well, but I'm not as good as you. And I'd like to be, I'd like to have a bigger podcast. Uh, and she was like, Ava, let me tell you something. She's like, I've been on hundreds of interviews. I've done hundreds of, um, podcasts with the people and you were by far one of my most favorite interviewers. Yep. Like you're onto That's something. Great. And I was like, I was like, I'm just a 19 year old that. kid trying, you know, so cool. yeah. and I just want to have a conversation with her. So like the biggest, honest to God, the biggest takeaways I had from her was the fact that she said, you're doing good. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And I'll support you. Again, it's in that like, dark room oh. and you want to know I'm going the right way. Cause and she's yes. already made it through the room and, and, yes. you're, and you're like, okay, there's something warm over here. There's something, there's a bar over here. This is what I sense. Am I going the right way? And she's like, yep, keep going that way. So then you stay that course and you don't make a right or you don't go down a different path. And that's all that I ever, like, that is the, that is the only thing I, that's like the, like, that's like the pinnacle thing to hear is you're doing good, keep doing it. Like, or you're doing good, keep going. And I heard that from her essentially. And I was like, I was losing. I was it's like, inspiration. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. It's yeah. Inspiration, right? Of course it is. And, I mean, I got to learn more about her style, right? I didn't yeah. know that she would take opposing opinion, opinions, and that's something that I would like to do. Mm-hmm. She takes opposing pi- opinions from her guests, and she talks to me about uh, the corporate life that she led at one point. And yeah. I was like, I was like, there's something to learn from this too, right? Like, because she was very proactive and at um, Hewlett Packard. Um, and I was like, I was like, well, I want to learn from that too. But honest to God, the biggest thing was just the encouragement that she gave me, and it just made me want to accomplish accomplish more. I think. Yeah. Hey everyone, Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth, but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest valued private startup companies in the world. And yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company. We've all used it and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies. So t- tell us a little bit about, um, you're over at Ball State University College, mm-hmm. what is about 10,000 students, 20,000? 20, 22,000. Oh, 22,000. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's a good size. Um, yeah. what, is it, uh, what is it like being in school now, given COVID? I mean, how are Very they doing? Very boring. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, think, right. yeah, what was it like last, last year and then now? Well, yeah, we know what it was like. <laughs> we both went. So like, we yeah. know what it was like, Mark. <laughs> But but how does like how has COVID really changed it? I mean, it's changed the working world, but yet we've adapted using leveraging advances in technology and things like that, using you know remote meetings, Zoom, you know Microsoft Teams, whatever it is, right? Skype, whatever. But what are you guys doing for school, for your education piece, and then how are you handling social aspects? Yeah, well, you know. Socially, I think it's been really tough on people. Like my RA and RAs manage a wing of a floor, right? So mm-hmm. they're in charge right. of that wing of the floor. Yep. And, um, she, you know, my RA took a like little poll of how everyone was doing in my wing and people weren't doing too hot. Not because yeah. academics were getting to them, not because tests were getting to them, not because they were stressed out. They just were sad or they were or they felt lonely because right so uh, there were some mental there were some mental challenges there and not because of the normal mental challenges right yeah because a lot of it a lot of colleges again for a lot of legal reasons have been trying to confine their students so you know you can go to your dorm you can go to a dining hall and you can go to class you can't get into any other dorms right now you can't get into certain places you can't go off campus and and, and, have, and throw parties because you're at risk of being expelled. And if you get sick, you're at risk of being sent home, right? So everyone feels the need to stay inside. Everyone feels the need to not get sick and everyone feels the need to kind of isolate. And 
I, and I think it has been tough on some kids and it's been tough on me. Like for a couple of days I was really down and I was like, why do I feel this way? Oh, it's cause I'm lonely. Why am I lonely? Oh, it's cause I haven't spent time with people for the yeah, past few days. I need to do that. Human interaction. You've got to have right. Well, yeah. because look, I mean, there's online school and there's yes. brick and mortar. And when you're attending a brick and mortar, you know, part of the college experience traditionally has been growing up. It's mm-hmm. making all those stupid mistakes. And it's not, I just don't mean drinking and doing, you know, whatever it might be, recreational drugs, whatever it could be, right? I mean, just social interaction, right? Like mm-hmm. spending time with people. Yeah, yeah. Like, like understanding all of that. Yeah. And academically, it's, it's a little tough too. I mean, it might just be me because I'm learning, I'm in two economics classes and trying to learn accounting, but yep. like, you know, and I have, and I have like 18 credit hours. So it's just like, you know, Oh wow. And that's, I mean, I'm trying to graduate early, you know, oh, where I'm, I'm trying as I've talked to people that are typically like 24, it's nothing, but they, um, but, but like, it's so much easier to cheat and I don't have to retain any of the information I learn. Mm-hmm. So it's been really tough to easily blow through all the homework and all the quizzes that you have because you can look them up on google but you know when those tests hit that you're not going to know anything so i've tried to i've tried to go out of my way to actually try to learn the material i it'll 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 be interesting yeah um, i'm not going to say anyone's going to drop out but i think people are going to be like there's a new report in college students are doing horribly and it's because of the virus (laughs) it's like no it's because we're really good at cheating like it's not that hard like you know, and because when we're not in classes, we can do it all. You know, it's all online, so you don't have any accountability. Nothing. Exactly, exactly. Like actually, right before this, I was doing a quiz for one of my economics classes, and I was looking up all the questions because I was like, I don't know any of this. I feel like I do, but I'm just not sure. And so, you know, you just kind of resort to Quizlet. Yep, that's great. Mark, you want to wrap up? Oh, yeah, I thought my mic just dropped. Um, yeah, Ava, thank you so much for sharing. I, I encourage all our listeners to uh, to follow you, to listen. Um, you know, you've, you've spoken some really wise words and, some, and you've had some great transparency with us, and I really appreciate that. Um, as we wrap up and we're kind of heading out, I always like to ask our guests, uh, the listeners like it. It's really cool because the, the range of answers is so diverse, and I, I, I really enjoy it myself and this is really deep so you gotta really really hone in here it's about as deep as he gets so. yeah it's like about <laughs> as deep as a puddle <laughs> what did you want to be when you were a little girl when mermaid. You were mermaid mermaid oh that was quick too mermaid. Like, mermaid. that was super mermaid. quick yep and and i think and if, i mean i'm not uh, uh, i was one of those like i was really into horses don't know why, but I really loved horses. Uh, so I definitely wanted to work at stables. And I definitely did work at stables when I was um, in elementary school past that. But like, I definitely wanted to like, be around horses, or I wanted to be a mermaid. And being a mermaid is still like a backup plan of mine. If everything goes to shit, I will move to California, <laughs> I'll buy a silicone tail, and I'll perform. Like, that, that's, it's always that's, important to have backup plans. You're absolutely it is. It is. And it'd be an enjoyable backup plan. It'd yeah, be fun. You even right. know what material it would be made of. You're like, I'm going to buy a silicone tail. Like, I'm all set. I'm moving to California. It's not Florida. It, yeah. It's a real like, dream. Got it. You actually yeah. have a plan to be a That's a real dream. That it was funny. Crazy. There was this one kid who kept talking to me about, he wanted, he wanted to interview me too, and he did. And he was talking about, an hour beforehand he was like I, I need to tell you i'm really young and i'm really ambitious and i was like that's great like and he said it around 17 times i'm young and ambitious and then he's asking me these he's like well what are your big audacious goals like what do you want to really accomplish you're and i said honest right? to god and i was like i was like honest to god i just like i just want to get to the point where i can hug and hold and pet manatees i think that's the only <laughs> solid that's thing awesome. i've wanted that's awesome. besides that i don't care I mean, I, I mean, of course, I want to like help people and change the world, but like, I really would like to do this one thing. And he just, he was just like, oh, okay, like <laughs> it's kind of an off answer. I was like, that's all I want. That's all I want. I mean, I'll accomplish corporate whatever, influence whatever. But and I love all of that. But honest to God, I just really want to go to Florida or something and and and, and swim with manatees. I'd love that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> when. Um... Here in 10 years, when you end up becoming a ruler of uh, the earth, 
Be sure to remember us. Please remember us. Please please remember us because we're going to, Mark and I are going to be in some home somewhere. (laughs) Just like throwing Nerf balls at each other. I think it's a fun way to be. I love throwing Nerf products. Yeah, right? There is. It's very therapeutic. That's what we're going to wind up doing. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. We really appreciate your time, Ava. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's been nothing but a treat. Great. Have a a great day and have a great weekend. Absolutely. And uh, please enjoy. Best of luck uh, to you, your dad, your podcast, um, everything. And uh, enjoy school. And I'm positive this will not be our last conversation. So we will definitely speak again. I'll be happy about that. Thank you. Thanks so much, Ava. Thanks. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. <laughs>